All right, so if you have not been with us this spring, or maybe you came at Easter and you came back, awesome, welcome. We're excited for you to be here this morning. We have been teaching through uh, a series of encounters with Jesus called Be Curious, um, in search of the real Jesus. And we've been looking at different interactions that Jesus has been having with different folks uh, and seeing what these things reveal to us about him, about his heart, about what he values, about who he is, what he's about. And consequently, when we look at Jesus, it's almost like a mirror. When I look at Jesus, it actually can kind of reflect back to me and I can actually see myself more clearly when I see him more clearly. We're doing that because we're trying to make sure uh, it's really easy. I'm, I'm good at hijacking Jesus, right, and making him work kind of for me. Uh, it's real easy to kind of be worshiping or following a Jesus of my own imagination rather than Jesus as he's revealed to us in Scripture. So we're going to come to an account today, a really famous interaction uh, with Jesus and his disciples and a bunch of kids. And sometimes this passage, Donna's going to come. Donna, I want you to come, come on up and get ready to read it. Uh, sometimes this can really just easily get reduced to how does Jesus feel about little kids? Uh, what's Jesus, does he like them? Does he not like them, right? Which he clearly does like little children far more than we do, right? Um, but this interaction is actually a lot more about a teaching moment for his disciples, it's really more about the disciples than it is about the kids. He's, he's, he's using these kids as a metaphor to get to the disciples' heart, and he's trying to get the disciples to wake up to something, all right? So, Donna, please read for us. This is Mark 11, just three verses, verses 13 to 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Tom. All right, so two things we're going to talk about. And I know how I'm going to talk about the first one, and I'm a little bit lost about how I'm going to end the second one. So y'all can pray for me. It's weird when the pastor says, I'm not sure how to end the sermon, but it may just have like an abrupt ending. We'll see. First one is this, entering into the kingdom. That's what this is about, okay? And then secondly, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what does it mean to live as kids in the kingdom, okay? Entering into the kingdom and then living as kids in the kingdom. So the main point, the main question, the main thing that Jesus is getting at in this interaction is this. How do you enter into the kingdom of God? That's what this whole passage is about. How do I get, you know, at the end there it says that he blessed them or he talks about the kingdom of God belonging to such as these. How do I get the blessing? How do I get the belonging how do I get the favor? Because that's what, that's what blessing means. It literally means to, to have his favor rest upon you. How do I get that? How do I get that favor, blessing, belonging that my heart so desperately needs, that my heart so desperately wants? I think that's a question that every single one of us is wrestling with every single day. I have this deep in, intuitive sense that my favor was, or my heart was made to have favor 
It was made to belong. It was made to be blessed. Where do I get that? How do I enter into that? Is that what the kingdom of God is all about? That's what this encounter is about. Who gets in and why? So let's walk through the story. People are bringing little children to Jesus. Now, that, there's a lot of debate about little children, like what age were they? I mean, we just joked about they said they were going to baptize him when he was younger, but COVID happened. A lot of the language actually suggests is these are t- tiny, tiny kids, almost babies, right? These are little, little kids. So Kittown was open for business this day, at least in Jesus' world, right? And they're bringing them or bringing those kids to Jesus for him to lay hands on them. And, and why is that? Now, there's a ton of speculation about this. But there was a tradition, uh, you know, that, you know, bring kids to the rabbi, bring kids to the scribe, bring kids to somebody religiously important. So it is a bit of an acknowledgement. Jesus is who he is. He's doing something. So we're going to bring our kids to him to be blessed. We're not entirely sure, like, what the context is or what's going on here, but we are sure of this. The disciples are not cool with what's happening, right? They're not happy about it. It says there that the disciples rebuked the people for what they're doing. That word there for rebuked is the same word that was used when the disciples were rebuking demons for coming out of people, right? So this is not like a, hey, you know, shh, kind of keep the kids quiet over here. It's literally like, get these kids out of here. They do not belong here. They are not what's important. It was obvious for whatever reason, the disciples saw this was, it was entirely an improper use of Jesus' time, of Jesus' resources. They were not what was important right now. Something else was more important. He had more important things to do. They were acting literally, I think of it like Jesus being kind of, or, you know, a, a superstar having bouncers, you know, who's like coming to get the autographs, you know, you're trying to give them the hat or the t-shirt. The disciples are functioning kind of like Jesus' bouncers at the concert. No, no, stay away, stay away, stay away. And it is true, in this day and age, I mean, this is tough for us. We, our culturally, we've kind of inverted it. Uh, children were not worshipped in that culture at all, like they can be in ours. Like, adults' lives didn't orbit around their kids, which in many ways is what we can see playing itself out in our world. I struggle with that, Right? This was the exact opposite. Maybe if we're way over here on this side of the pendulum, they were way over here on the other side of the pendulum. Kids were not valued in the same way. So Jesus sees this, sees what they're doing, this rebuking of the people, and it says what? It says that he was indignant. He was indignant about that. Now, I don't, that's a very classy word. I don't use, I was trying to think, when's the last time I used the word I was indignant about anything? Maybe think of Sir Topham Hatt. Where he, which gives you a window into my existence, yeah, where he says, oh, the indignity, right? It just sounds like such a classy word, but, it, and it sounds really kind of, you know, just very vanilla, but it's not. It's like the, the antithesis to the rebuke. It means he was violently upset about what was going on. He was displeased. He was deeply grieved about what they were doing, how they were treating these kids, and his indignance, it was coming from the lack of dignity. I mean, that's what it means to indignify something. It, you're not showing something the dignity that it, that it deserves. But what specifically is he trying to dignify right now? 
What's he trying to shine a light on? What's he trying to say, this is what matters? Is it just that they were kids and it's kind of like, hey, you're not treating kids the way that they need to be treated? I don't think it is. He's trying to get to something in them. He's actually trying to wake up the child in them in many ways. You've grown up. You've gotten too old. You don't really see what this is all about. And I'm going to use these little kids to show you something about you, not something about them. So how does he do it? Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God, because, you know, the disciples were super interested in that. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now, that would have stopped those guys in their tracks because they were inter- interested in entering the kingdom of God, right? So Jesus is taking these kids and he's saying this. Truly, I tell you, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. That's the ticket. That's how you get in. You have to receive it like a kid. Well, how do children receive things? I'm not talking about their attitudes because they don't always receive things well, right? Well, kids, especially babies, if you think about little babies, right? Right? They receive things simply as gifts, right? When we go on vacation, when I take my family on a vacation, how do my kids enter that vacation? They enter into that vacation simply as those who are along for the ride. They didn't plan the vacation. They didn't do anything possible to make the vacation possible. We have provided everything for the vacation to happen, and what? They simply enter into the kingdom of Dave and Emily, right? (laughs) And purge it of all its wealth. (laughs) Right? Open up the bank accounts, Dad. More donuts, more ice cream, right? We even try to include them in packing when we go on vacation. And all we ask of them you have your own little, like your books or your stuffed animals or your electron, whatever. You've got to like pack that stuff. We're not going to be responsible for that. But guess what? Even their little backpack that they pack, everything in that backpack, who provided it? This guy. <laughs> that gal, right? Me and them. They're only packing things for the trip that they received from us. You see what he's saying? saying that if you're going to enter my kingdom, if you're going to receive the blessing, because that's what he does, he blesses, puts his hands on these kids, he blesses them. If you're going to receive my favor, just like when Mary, mother of Jesus, when the angel announced what, you, you know, you're blessed on whom the favor rests, it's the same words. He, he puts favor on you. He's going to tap you and say, I favor you, I bless you. The only way for you to enter that is only to receive that. It's not something you earn. It's not something you're entitled to. It's not something you do to get. The only way to get it is to receive it. That's how you get in, disciples. You enter my kingdom. Why? Because I welcome you. 
I let you come to me. Don't you see that's what's going on in the story? The disciples, even in their, I would say their sin right now, because Jesus is rebuking them. They're basically saying, no, 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 you're not important enough. We're the important ones. Jesus is saying, no, 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 you don't understand. The only way you come to me is if I make it possible. It's not about you. Now, if you're following what I'm saying, this is hard for us. I was going through some of this with some of the folks who are teaching Kid Town this morning, and they were like, geez, everything in our world says the exact opposite. Doesn't it? From a very early age, I know this was true for me, that, that the kingdom of this world, the world that we live in, and the way that the world we live in operates, it communicates this. Entrance into anything of value requires something of you. You got to do something. If I'm going to get in, I've got to prove something, some value, some worth. I was talking with a friend whose kids are preparing, taking the ACTs and doing all their college entrance stuff. Man, it's an absolute pressure cooker. Why? You got to do the essay right. And you got to give the right answers, and you got to have the right scores, and you got to have the right extracurricular activities. You got to prove to this college you're worth being in. But isn't that just a microcosm for everything we experience? How you enter into anything of value requires something of you. And Jesus is saying, that's not how my kingdom works, that's not how I work. To enter into my kingdom, to live in my kingdom means to be childlike. Which to be childlike, what does that mean? It means to receive. It means to believe that you're belonging or that you're blessing. The most important thing about you, man, if I could flip a switch in you to believe this, I would, ah, if I could flip a switch in me to believe this, that the most important thing, the thing that gives you the greatest value, you already have it. It's not out there in your job or in your performance. You've got it. You have him. He's called you his. Jesus is saying that your belonging is entirely in my blessing of you, my grace welcoming you, not in your capacity to merit anything. This is, we run up against this all day, every day. Because this is not how the kingdom of the world works. Even the disciples ran up against this. This passage, if you, if you take it in context, the passage right after it is the rich young ruler, which we've already taught on. What was the rich young ruler about? He was a grown-up who was keeping the law perfect and trying to do everything perfect and still had this chronic sense of lack, right? What do I got to do to enter into the kingdom? How, do I, how can I do it more, be more perfect, get it right? Just before this, Jesus is interacting with the disciples where they're having an argument about who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I would have loved, can't even imagine what that conversation would have been like. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? What were they comparing? Like, I weave baskets better than you weave baskets? or either. Like, who knows what they were comparing? But Jesus said this. He's, he, he knows that they're talking about that. And he says this. He calls the 12 and he says, anyone who wants... To be first must be the very last and the servant of all. And he took a little child whom he placed among them. And taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name 
welcomes me. Whoever welcomes one of these not only welcomes me, but he welcomes the one who has sent me. What's Jesus saying? In that and in this passage, this is two times where he's tried to take these little kids and he's trying to wake the disciples up to something. He's trying to wake them up. What's he trying to wake them up to? He's saying, my kingdom is a very different kingdom than the kingdom of this world. It's the very opposite of uh, the kingdom of Talladega Nights, right? You guys have heard me refer to this, the Talladega Nights principle. What did Ricky Bobby's dad teach him? If you ain't first, you're last, right? Which is what? That's basically saying this. You don't want to be a part of a kingdom. It only matters if you're king of a kingdom. That's what matters. That's where life is found. And to do that, you got to win. You got to be first. You got to perform. You got to achieve. Jesus is saying, that's not how my kingdom works. In my kingdom, if you want to be first, you must be last. I'm not calling you to be a superstar, I'm freeing you so that you can be a servant, so that you can love the way that I love. What makes you great? isn't how you do or how you stack up. It's actually in believing that I've welcomed you for no other reason than I welcomed you. And I'm calling you, child, to receive me, to rest in me, to, to receive my way, my values, my kingdom, to be like a true child who knows that all you bring to me is just your need, and I don't need anything from you. And I have everything for you. Jesus is saying, disciples, us, that's the kingdom you were made for. That's the kingdom that I'm about and I'm bringing about. One that you can only enter into as a child, needy, dependent, not entitled, but desperately valued. Do you know that's true about you? That's true about me. So if that's true, why don't I live like that? I just want to say, I've got more than I need to say. I'm going to say just a couple things about this. If that's really true, because if you're in Christ this morning, you probably know what I just said. Yeah, I get it. I'm saved by grace alone, through faith alone, by Christ alone. There's nothing I could do to get into heaven except Jesus doing something for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why don't I live like that matters today? Why don't I live as a child of the king? Because if I'm honest, a lot of days I approach Jesus um, from a couple of different places. One is like an orphan. Like somehow I don't really belong. I don't really have his heart, his welcome, his love, that I've lost that place with him. Uh, and some sin or something I've done kind of keeps me at distance or keeps him at distance. That shame kind of comes in and starts to tell me, yeah, you don't really have his heart. So I can kind of live like an orphan some days, or a lot of days, in all honesty, if I'm just being frank with you, I don't really want to be in his kingdom. I, I like my own little kingdom. I am like Ricky Bobby, right? I, I'm about me, and Jesus kind of becomes more like an ATM to me. I'm, I kind of approach you, but I'm trying to manipulate you in order for you to kind of make my world work. And I just want to tell you, if you find yourself in either of those two camps, you're, it's okay. Like, we are in a battle every single day, and there's a lot of things working against us living as kids in the kingdom. 
I wrote down, this is my check engine light list, when I know I've kind of stepped out of my identity as a son in the kingdom, and I've kind of stepped into the kingdom of the world. Here are just some things. I'd invite you to think about these maybe this week. These are things that kind of tell me, man, I'm, 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 I'm actually not living in the place that I have as a child of God, and I've kind of walked out into my own little kingdom. Here they are. Low-grade fear of the future. I kind of have this chronic sense of I'm never secure, that the future is not secure. Secondly, living with a mindset of scarcity. When I'm living with a mindset of scarcity where I'm never really satisfied, or I find it hard, this is another one, to practice gratitude, I can never really be thankful. Or a place where I never feel like I'm enough or I'm never doing enough, which is shame. Or a place where I'm always measuring myself against others to feel good, which is pride. Those are just five things I prayed. I was like, Lord, what does it look like when I'm not walking in my childhood, walking in the welcome of Jesus? Those are just five things I could write out really quickly. When those are, those are the state of my life, I know I've kind of stepped out of my identity as his child and stepped into trying to be an adult. And he's saying, no, 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 my kingdom is about being like a child. All right, let me pray for us. Lord, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure I always understand why uh, I do the things that I do. Lord, I find a lot of um, familiarity with these disciples. who have an agenda for you and have an agenda for our lives. And I thank you that you uh, graciously, like you did with the disciples, you kept drawing them back to the truth. Uh, I'm a king of a different kingdom that operates in a different way. And I I pray, Lord, uh, that you'd wake us up uh, today. Awaken us to the reality of our secure welcome in you, that it's not anything that we do. Uh, that gets your favor, Lord, but we can be those who live out of your favor. We can even be those who go work really hard and put our hands to very meaningful things because we're secure, not trying to be getting security from those things. So, Lord, would you, would you work that in our hearts and our lives? Make us little kids again, uh, Lord, that we could be uh, those who um, climb up into your lap and enjoy uh, your favor and live out of that place. In your name. Amen.